G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We'll open our talkback lines very shortly. It's been a very significant week in the fast-changing landscape of how we might perceive the freedoms that we all experience as Australians, but zeroing in on the idea of religious freedom. On Wednesday, you'll recall that Rugby Australia and Israel Folau apologised to one another for any hurt or harm as Rugby Australia agreed to a settlement with speculation that it was in the millions of dollars. Well, the win for Israel Folau is considered to be a reprieve for freedom of speech and freedom of religion that have been under attack. Now, that decision followed hot on the heels of the Prime Minister's announcement last weekend that the religious discrimination bill that was going to be debated this week was going back to the drawing board for fine-tuning before it'll be debated sometime next year. So let's get some impressions about where we're at with regards to this very, very important issue of the freedoms that we are perhaps losing Professor Augusto Zimmerman is a legal philosopher. He's always been a welcome guest on 2020, brings great perspectives. He's head of law at Sheridan College in Perth, professor of law adjunct at the University of Notre Dame Australia Law School of Law in Sydney, and president of the West Australian Legal Theory Association. He's also editor-in-chief, the West Australian jurist, and a former commissioner in the Law Reform Commission of Western Australia. Augusto Zimmerman, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Dewey. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Augusto, as we get things underway, there's a poll I've got running on Facebook. I'll draw listeners' attention to that, and they might like to respond. Uh, The facebook.com forward slash vision radio poll says, do you think the settlement between Rugby Australia and Israel Folau will be the end of the matter? Uh, You can answer yes or no on that poll question on Facebook. But let me ask you, uh, straight up front, Augusto Zimmerman, uh, these Israel Folau developments, is this good enough that the settlement's been made? Is it settled now for good? Uh, It's not good enough. Uh, Obviously, Rugby Australia uh, issued an apology, but um, Israel Folau also had to uh, concur, and he also issued an apology. So basically this matter was not entirely decided in terms of the substantive um, approach. It was mainly a financial decision on both parties to uh, not going further on the matter. But we don't know exactly uh, what the agreement uh, proposes because um, we don't know whether uh, for law will be uh, forbidden uh, from now on to be able uh, to play rugby in Australia, for instance. We don't know exactly the uh, value 
uh, or the amount involved in this settlement. And um, I feel a little bit worried about this because um, perhaps uh, uh, people who have no uh, financial uh, condition to be uh, doing or applying the strategy that he did will be uh, uh, probably uh, still uh, uh, facing unfair dismissals in this country. So I think what we need to bear in mind is that we do not know exactly what has been decided uh, or agreed uh, between these two parties. When that sort of mediation happens, and uh, given your legal understanding of processes like this, uh, some people have speculated that surely this would have been better to have gone to the courts, uh, perhaps the High Court, for a final ruling on this, and then you would have had something very official. But when there's a settlement that's made like this, it clearly doesn't have the same strength uh, that it might get when there's a judgment that comes from, say, the High Court. But what do you understand about the process here? Has it been cut short too early? Should it have been allowed to go longer and let someone in real authority make this decision? Or or is this mediation probably the best outcome to, uh, to try and resolve the issue? Well, look, uh, it's the one that you give, perhaps, uh, for law, uh, less uh, headaches because, of course, uh, the costs of litigation in this country are enormous. Of course, that Falau uh, having a uh, um, big uh, uh, bank account with uh, he's a wealthy man, so he would be able to um, continue uh, the matter and, uh, and perhaps have a much better resolution of the matter at the courts. Uh, another thing we have to bear in mind, and that's the big, the big question, is whether Falau will ever be able to play again. Or perhaps he is now out of the game as a result of these uh, uh, conditions that have been imposed on him uh, as a result of this uh, settlement. We don't know exactly what it means, uh, this settlement, because it hasn't been disclosed. Yes, well, the speculation about the cash value of the settlement, uh, some are speculating it could be in the millions. Uh, there were reports out yesterday, people were talking about a level of $8 million. Uh, what are your thoughts about, uh, you know, uh, obviously, as we say, we don't know what the settlement value is, but the fact that there was a settlement, is that an admission that Rugby Australia were in the wrong? No, I don't think it was an admission. I don't think it was a sincere confession that um, Rugby Australia has been entirely unfair on this matter. I think the, what's really uh, motivated them to seek this sort of agreement is the fact that Israel had good lawyers and issued a threat of $40 million lawsuit. And that effectively called the attention of these uh, uh, managers at Rugby Australia. I think the main issue here is uh, whether a person like you and me or an ordinary citizen would be able to um, use this sort of weapon to demand his rights to be uh, protected and the right of uh, the person to have a say on these matters. 
I think what is also happening is the fact that the treatment of a law uh, should be a matter of concern to any person in this country and not just Christians. Because it really appears that these corporations are reverting back to the time of the master-servant relationship. Um, we don't want to be treated like slaves by companies. Because if we send a message, a private message, and that can be grounds for dismissal, then it's going to extrapolate the sphere of the workplace and reach matters of family and relationships in general. That is a key to slavery, in my opinion, because it is not respecting the right of an individual to have uh, his or her opinion uh, expressed freely. So because this hasn't gone to court, Augusto, uh, there's no formal precedent set here. Uh, so what might well work in favour of Israel Falau, of course, uh, with a settlement payout, uh, may not do as good for every one of us who might be working in the workplace and facing dismissal if we face the same sort of accusation that Israel Falau faced. Absolutely. For instance, let's think about someone who share biblical truths and uh, the employer somehow feels offended about these uh, biblical truths. Or let's say that even let's, re- let's even reverse this about a, a Christian business owner who would like to be able to employ people who accept or at least respect his beliefs. And uh, if he or or she is facing a hostile uh, employee, what does it happen? Can we uh, employ people who share our beliefs or not? Or can we, you as an employee, have the right to express your opinions uh, freely and without discrimination? We don't have these matters uh, really uh, well defined at this point. Do we need to be wealthy? and influential to get this sort of apology, or we need to be uh, facing the music as a result if you dare to say something that can somehow offend another person, especially if this person is so keen and prone to feel offended. Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our special guest is our Professor Augusto Zimmerman, legal philosopher, and we're talking through the issues around religious freedom in Australia. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. You can respond to that poll online at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. So far, uh, 15% saying yes to the question, do you think the settlement between Rugby Australia and Israel Folau will be an end of the matter? 85 percent are saying no they don't think so Uh, we'll take some calls in just a few moments but uh, Augusto Zimmerman let me ask you about the other development that's quite significant and that is that the Prime Minister announced last weekend on Sunday uh, that he would delay the introduction of the bill the religious discrimination bill until next year going back to the drawing board needs lots of fine-tuning what were your impressions when that announcement came? Well, look, I had mixed feelings about this uh, announcement. 
But you have been, for instance, interviewing people who are uh, like myself involved in this uh, particular issue. And Martin Ayos, for instance, uh, claims that it was a good idea. And I agree with him because uh, worse than uh, having a delay is to have a terrible piece of legislation that's not going to solve the problem at all. And uh, it seems to me that the draft was very, uh, the bill was very poorly drafted, and the protections that were necessary hasn't, uh, these protections haven't been afforded. Uh, the government seems to be very confused on this issue, and it seems to be trying to please everyone, or in the words of the Attorney General, displease everyone, so that um, there would be no one or no winner on, on this uh, matter. I don't think this is the right approach to take. I think what we have to do is to find out whether there is a real need for the protections to religious freedom. And certainly the idea of discrimination law, uh, everybody has been commenting on that now, it's not the best way to go. What we need to have is the reestablishment in this country of fundamental freedoms. And, of course, religious freedom is a very important element in this equation, and it should be combined with the protection of freedoms in general, especially uh, freedom of conscience, freedom of speech, and freedom of association. We're taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Liz in Logan Village in Queensland. Hi, Liz. Welcome. Yeah. Hi. Good day. It's yes, Liz. Hi. Thank you so much, Neil, for your great show. Liz. Hi. Yep. What are your thoughts, hi, Liz? How's it going? Yeah. Hi. Um, look, a personal situation. I'm just wondering your thoughts on it uh, to do with myself and something that's happened recently. And don't worry, I won't hold you to any comments or you know think of them as legal comments. But um. In my workplace of disability nursing, um, we have a roster board where we write up the um, uh, staff members the next day. And I have a habit of, when I'm on my night duty, of writing up a verse. Now, it's a Christian organisation I work for. Um, and um, I, I'd say the name if you think it's okay. No, let's not say the names. But uh, right. but you say so you're working and when you get to the roster board, you're actually in the habit in a Christian organisation of putting up a Bible yeah. verse as an encouragement right. to others. And you're being yeah. now dissuaded from doing that. Well, there's a particular um, staff member who's made a couple of complaints and the manager has recently responded to that and asked, requested me by, via my staff messages to... Um, uh, not to... Re- can't think of the word, but to not uh, put up a religious text yep. in view, where anywhere where anybody would be able to read them. Liz, um, let's get a thought here from Augusto because this sort of fear and intimidation does cause us not to be open with our faith. What are your thoughts for Liz? Well, it is a, a terrible thing indeed that uh, you just want to uh, read a passage of the Bible and recite this to your colleagues especially, uh, as you say, in a Christian, so-called Christian organization. And then we have to face this sort of problem. Well, if this person who has been employed by a Christian organization does not appreciate to uh, or to listen uh, people reciting from the Bible, I think the 
uh, employer of this organization uh, should have tested the faith of this person in the first place because um, Christian organization can easily lose its identity uh, and its ethos if uh, it starts to employ this sort of intolerant, secular person. Uh, that's what happened in the 19th century with Christian universities in America. All these Christian, beautiful Christian institutions, universities such as Harvard and Yale, started as Christian institutions. And in this day and age, it is even very hard to find a person uh, getting a job, a Christian person to get a job at such institutions, because they have basically been taken over by radical leftists. So uh, it's a very bad thing to have a person work in a Christian organization who is so intolerant and so bigoted uh, towards Christian faith and expressions of faith. Liz from Logan Village, I hope that was helpful encouragement to you. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. There's lots more to say on these sorts of issues. Uh, let's take another call, though. Shelby is in Queensland. Hi, Shelby. Hi, Shelby. Um, hello, uh, Bill and Augusto. Mate, um, Hi. love your wisdom. Need to be very um, quick, Shelby. Yes, that's right. Uh, buddy, um, I just want to say one good thing. Listening to Israel Falau, um, the great thing was that even that money that the ACL put up that program when they raised that two, two odd million, that was given by a lot of un-Christian people. Well, put it this way, a lot of secular world people. They may have some, some belief, but um, it wasn't all just Christians. So that's a good part that come out of it. And I do think, yes, I understand exactly what Gustavo has said, and it's not probably uh, satisfactory. But it's a good outcome, I think. And, um, you know, Christ was being uh, crucified in his time many years ago, and it's still going on. Shelby, I've got to cut you short there because we're about to go to news. I just want to mention to listeners, do you think the settlement between Rugby Australia and Israel for Lau will be the end of the matter? The poll is continuing. You can add your vote to the poll. 14% say yes, 86% say no. Let's continue to take a couple of calls before we develop some more about what the other issue in all of this is all about so far as religious freedoms go. Let's take a call from Chris in Victoria. Hi, Chris. Welcome along. Uh, good day, Neil and Augusta. Yeah, I, I just think it's a good idea that he has uh, delayed the bill because Israel and this lady who just rang up before, the, the nurse, um, are, are two um, examples. Like, um, if you're a Christian, you should be able to quote the Bible and, and just say that is what, what God's view on the subject is you, without any fear of favor. I mean, you know, you're a Christian, you quote the Bible, and if, if this nurse is working in a, a Christian organization, you should be able to uh, um, uh, speak about God's word to either your co-workers or the, or the, uh, the other pa- the patients. They Chris, you, you make a good point here, because anyone who's quoting the Bible, in some sense, they're behind posting a quote, but actually they're quoting God's word. I mean, uh, we have a a high view of scripture that we talk about here on Vision, but Augusto, the idea of a Bible quote technically is what the Bible says rather than an individual. Does that make a difference when when we're talking about these issues of religious freedom or discrimination? 
Well, um, it, it should make a difference because uh, originally in our legal system, we would distinguish ideas from uh, the person who, hold, who holds the idea. But unfortunately, the postmodern approach now uh, tells us that um, a person who is criticized uh, for his values or beliefs, if he or she uh, feels offended by uh, the comments uh, being made, uh, there is grounds for uh, a lawsuit. So the main problem I see now is that it becomes almost impossible to uh, abide to the law in this country uh, when the law, in order to be enforced, depends on other people's feelings. And certainly, as I have uh, mentioned it before, people who tend to be intolerant to discussion will be using these laws as an instrument of persecution if they happen to have their values or their ideas challenged. Okay, thank you so much to Chris from Victoria. Let's take another call. Val is on the line from Mackay in Queensland. Hi, Val. Welcome. Are you with us, Val? Are you with us, Val? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had speaker on. Anyhow. Val, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah. My thoughts are it's time for Christians to stand up and be strong and to fight. We've had a very good um, turnaround with, with the Israel Falau, and I think we should go with this and, and not be intimidated um, by the threats. That's not going to accomplish anything. I believe when God's people stand up and fight for what's right, they will win. And uh, I believe we are in for a great awakening. Uh, um, some people think the persecution is just going to get worse and um, uh, people get uh, frightened and intimidated. But if we look to God, um, I know that this great awakening is on the way. And I would like to suggest a, a fighting fund for Christians who are uh, being uh, dismissed unfairly or going through forms of persecution. Uh, we've made a start with the big collection we had for Izzy. He said it was going to be given back, uh, which is good. But I wonder if people would like to consider uh, putting that in a fighting fund to help other Christians who are going through the same thing. Well, they don't have the resources. Good thoughts in what you're saying there. And uh, let's pick up on this idea that you have, uh, that there could be a fighting fund uh, for Christians who are being dismissed because we anticipate that that will increase uh, if the law changes and there are weaponized laws as we've been uh, discussing. Uh, Augusto Zimmerman, uh, that sort of fighting fund, is that a, is that a good idea or uh, was it a good idea with Israel Folau? And I know that there are uh, some moves to be able to refund pro rata, that money that people gave through the Australian Christian Lobby. But what are your thoughts for Val and her suggestions? Well, I think it is uh, an excellent idea. Uh, there is no doubt that uh, we need to uh, fight the good fight, because if it is not like this, uh, things will only get worse. All it takes for evil to prevail is for good people to basically do nothing. 
And this fighting he found is an excellent idea. There are some organizations now being created for the purpose of protecting Christians in these legal matters. I can refer, for instance, to the um, uh, Human Rights Law Alliance of John Steenhoff. Uh, the previous director was Martin Iles, who is now the ACL uh, managing director. So I recommend everyone who is facing a serious legal issue uh, involving religious discrimination to contact my friend John, and he will be certainly more than keen to discuss this issue and to see if he can and his organization provide some sort of legal assistance to the person who has been the victim of such uh, discrimination. Val from Mackay, thank you so much for your call. A great suggestion there. And uh, following on from what you were saying a little earlier, Augusto, uh, all very well for Israel Folau to be able to fund a legal battle. And, of course, uh, as the Australian Christian Lobby went through their fundraising process, uh, Australians came out of the woodwork everywhere to make donations to that. And there may well be a call for a fighting fund. And as you say, if anyone is facing issues Issues to do with this sort of discrimination in the workplace and facing dismissal, uh, first call you might make could be to uh, the uh, the human rights uh, uh, law uh, uh, organisation that is uh, under that umbrella there of the Australian Christian Lobby. Look, I want to extend our conversation here, Augusto, because while we're talking about religious freedom, it hasn't gone away. In fact, the Prime Minister undoubtedly is under a constant encouragement from the Islamic community over issues of offence, and uh, the Islamic community has been strong pushing for special laws that will protect them. But then oftentimes we'll talk about those sorts of uh, changes that they might be suggesting and uh, talk about the weaponized uh, result that might come. What are your thoughts for uh, for what's uh, the push that is also continuing on insofar as Islamic groups go? Well, this is another very disturbing development because that is the opposite of religious freedom. Uh, you know that in Islamic countries, if we dare to proselytize or to uh, quote from the Bible in public, that can lead to severe punishment. And it seems that what these Islamic groups are trying to do is to hijack the issue, so that rather than uh, we having a law that uh, allows us to have a robust discussions on matters of religion, uh, people who dare to make a, a valid point about certain aspects of some not-so-good religious manifestations can be uh, facing legal charges as a result, especially if the sort of provision that's found in Section 18C ends up being expanded to religious grounds so that people who are at the workplace or on the beach or even in a pub, if they say something that can offend the sensibilities of a radical Islamist, rather than the radical Islamist having to learn that in a free society, people should have the right to express their opinions freely, uh, this person who dare to make a fair point might be uh, accused of Islamophobia or something of this sort and uh, face uh, legal a legal action, a legal a lawsuit as a result of his uh, 
uh, willingness to be participating in this sort of democratic debate. And what I have to add to this uh, discussion is that it seems that uh, the politicians in this country uh, are not acknowledging that we have in the Constitution an implied freedom of political communication. If no religious people uh, use this uh, protection in order to exercise the right to freedom of political communication, I guess that this would be unacceptable if religious people, including Christians, were not able to discuss political issues that are important for this community as a whole, uh, if these comments are made from a religious perspective, if they had to face any sort of legal implication, that would contradict the constitution of this country itself. Augusto, you say it's an implied uh, uh, expression that comes from our constitution, freedom of political communication. Uh, no doubt uh, that uh, is, uh, can extend also to the idea of academic freedom within our uh, tertiary institutions as well. The freedoms that are under threat are really manifold here, aren't they? They are, they are indeed. And unfortunately, it seems that some of these uh, money uh, coming from overseas is being used by universities uh, who are in a certain sense, almost like prostituting themselves by uh, receiving this money with conditions attached. There are some uh, organizations uh, in some universities here promoting the idea of uh, Islamophobia and, uh, and further restrictions of freedom of speech. In UWA, for instance, there is the Muslim Center the Center for Muslim States and Societies. I just wonder why we can't have even a center to study Western civilization, or it wouldn't find any equivalent of Christian center in these uh, secular universities. Uh, I guess this is a really strange uh, thing to be. And if you say something of this nature, or you comment on this matter on campus these days, you can face severe uh, implications that could be leading to uh, the um, termination of your contract. When we talk about weaponized legislation, uh, those sorts of uh, conditions that might be in a uh, set of legislation that the government might give its imprimatur to, uh, when we talk about those sorts of things, uh, those weapon is it that there is a short-sightedness, do you think, that, that uh, our politicians can't see that they are creating weapons that one Australian can use against another Australian? Uh, it does seem well, to be so divisive and uh, so obvious to us in our conversation, but uh, somehow or other it seems to be our politicians are missing the point. Well, they are missing the point because they tend to be uh, not really um, wanting to uh, cause uh, sort of um, inconvenience for themselves. So think about the fact that... Uh, uh, all these issues are uh, related to discussions that can be uh, quite valid and can be rational and can be important to this society. But because of these uh, uh, ill-construed uh, uh, anti-discrimination laws, some people feel also afraid of having an engagement in such discussions. There is a, a, 
uh, an intimidation process going on so that if we dare to say something that can be regarded as being politically incorrect, um, that can actually be the problem. And you will be facing very severe legal consequences as a result. Uh, I think it's the problem that we should be talking in terms of protecting fundamental rights, not about in terms of allowing people to be dictating the rules of the democratic game and the democratic process. Well, the Prime Minister has sent this latest uh, legislation, the Religious Discrimination Bill, back to the drawing board. Uh, and if they are going to tinker around the edges and do fine-tuning, uh, it appears to me, Augusto, and uh, open to your <coughs> thoughts here, appears to me that that's not going to do any good. It's going to be just as controversial no matter what they come out with. Is there any thought or is there any possibility you think that the government could change direction back to this idea of uh, a Religious Freedom Act, the idea of a positive affirmation of religious freedom rather than go down the road that they are pursuing? Well, that will require a little bit more of courage and boldness. Uh, it seems that what the Attorney General is thinking about is to either displease everyone so that nobody will say that, you know, that they got a, a, a win on this issue, or that he might think that everybody might somehow be not entirely unhappy. So that um, w- uh, the point is that by thinking like that, uh, you end up displeasing everyone. And the issues that have been res- that should be resolved are not going to be resolved at all. So um, even when it, it comes to uh, workplace environment, or perhaps what happened with Archbishop Porteos, <coughs> this law is not very clearly addressing these issues because it's not very clear that the federal law will necessarily prevail over the state law if that is not stated very clearly. So even those matters that have happened in the past <coughs> involving state, state legislation might not be uh, fixed or addressed by the federal uh, bill if the bill is not drafted properly. So my main concern is that pretending to be doing something, the government in the end of the day is doing nothing at all. And that's why Martin Iles and many others are so concerned that this uh, might be a useless exercise and perhaps even counterproductive if you add this idea that uh, religious people cannot be criticized. That it would be the last uh, straw indeed. And it's why we, perhaps as Christian believers who want to hold tight to these truths, uh, might be preparing for a rocky road ahead. Let's take, I think we've got time for about one more call. Let's hear from Troy in Victoria. Hi, Troy, welcome. G'day, how are you? Good, Troy. Need to be quick. What are your thoughts? Yes, um, we're talking about divisive language. I'm just wondering what difference does uh, the speaker may think it would make um, if we were to talk, um, instead of talking Christian versus secular, um, if we were to talk in terms of uh, worldviews and foundational values, um, would that put um, Christianity and um, Islam on the same level field as LGBT community and everyone else? 
Uh, that's an interesting concept uh, to talk in worldview language rather than uh, quoting Bible language. I think what you is what you're saying. Uh, your thoughts, Augusto? Well, there is no doubt that um, everybody holds a sort of worldview, and perhaps the best way to go would be to treat secular thought as a, a worldview uh, approach. And this would basically level the field in a certain sense. But I also think that we have in this country embraced wrong philosophies. So if you talk about worldview, this whole idea about uh, discussing this matter as the right that Christians should have to somehow discriminate is the wrong approach. Because what Christians really want is the restoration of fundamental freedoms, including freedom of association, freedom of speech, and freedom of conscience. So, unfortunately, not every single worldview would agree with that, and that's why we are facing the problem, because the premises behind this bill are entirely wrong. And because of the premises being wrong, we are facing the, the current mess. Okay, thank you so much to Troy from Victoria. I need to draw a line under any calls. Just to conclude our conversation here, Augusto, uh, earlier this year you hosted what was called Religious Freedom at the Crossroads, a conference in Western Australia. Uh, You've got a WA jurist publication that is either released or it's due out very soon. Uh, How do listeners get a hold of deeper understanding of what's going on so far as these religious freedom issues go. Uh, Is that easily accessible to get a hold of the WA jurist? Yes, it is. Uh, The only only thing the person needs to do is to visit the website of my association, www.walta.net. .net.au.net.au and there we will find a section on the Western Australian jurist and the volume 10 of the jurist is entirely dedicated to the topic of religious freedom there is even an article there specifically about the follow the Israel follow matter so if you want to know more about matters of religious freedom you definitely need to visit this uh, peer-reviewed publication and the articles are written by the best jurists in this country that have specialized themselves in the topic of religious freedom Okay, well, let me point people to that website in case you have forgotten. It's walta.net.au. And as Augusto says, look specifically to volume 10 uh, on issues of religious freedom and not afraid to point you to something that is deeper and that is perhaps more sophisticated or complicated than the sorts of things that you might ordinarily read. Uh, But as uh, Augusto says, peer-reviewed journalists articles all about religious freedom they will be informative and if you want to arm yourself with an understanding of what's happening with religious freedom in Australia undoubtedly that is a good site to go to www.walta.net.au Augusto Zimmerman always appreciate your insights and I want to say thank you very much for taking some time to share those with us today on 2020 Thank you so much Neil God bless you 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 